Welcome back to Insurance Happy Hour. I am Becky. No, you're not. <laughs> no, I'm Becky. Oh, you're Becky. Oh, I'm yes. sorry. I'm, I'm quite confused this morning. It's a, uh, it's it's an. I early, know it's hard to tell the difference I know. between us. It's 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 an early episode of Insurance Happy Hour. We're not doing this in the afternoon, nor are we drinking on this episode because it's just way too early to be doing an episode. So my brain's just not working. I'm sorry. I think I might have also woken up on the wrong side of the bed today. Again, that's like two days in a row. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. That I, I I am allowed to wake up on the wrong side of the bed. I'm a little cranky myself. Yeah, it just it, it just this week, and I I think it has a little to do with uh, we're in December, and now it's like crunch time. It's mm. time for us to get to the end of the year. There's there's business goals. There's personal goals. There's family. There's Christmas. There's parties. There's uh, travel and there's still all the other work that we have to get done, and then you have everybody going. Well, we need it ready for 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on top of that, it's not just the end of the year; it's the end of the decade. For some reason, that feels like more pressure than just any other year. Yeah, I, I got, uh, I got a uh, my Spotify year in review, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, I love music, so I listen to music all the time. No, fifty thousand minutes of listening. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I do listen to a little bit of music, and, and the year's not even done yet. I still got another month, so I'm sitting there going, man, I could... So what, are you aiming for 60000 Yeah, let's let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, the end of the End of decade. the decade. That means 2000. You remember Y2K? Do you remember how freaked out everybody was about Y2K? Oh, I remember that Y2K. Was 20 years ago. I remember Y2K and year 2001 very, very well, because I was sitting... At work. <laughs> Waiting for it to roll over. I was an IT manager here at ITC. And uh, yes, I was very aware about the year 2000. And one of the things that was the misnomer about it is that the year 2000 was not actually the breaking year. It was 2001. Mm. 2001 is whenever things would really go wrong. Nothing went wrong. No. I played PlayStation in my office. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, it's crazy to me that that was 20 years ago now. I feel so old. Yeah, but what? Were you, were you like, you know, 20 years ago? Were you like, uh, you know, playing with dolls and stuff? No. Oh, you're not that young? <laughs> no. I was in college. Ouch. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so, yeah, I, I really look at the 2020 as, as a unique year because it's like a decade and then you look at that next decade and what is going to happen in that next decade and we could probably talk about that on a new year's episode of like (laughs) we're in the 2020 we're we're in the next decade the whatever number decade it is i am excited for the new decade for one reason Mm, but people will finally start saying 2020 it'll be 2020 not 2020 Nah, they'll find a way (sighs) 2021, 2022. No. Can we please stop doing that? It is 20, 2019. I mean, that's how they, they teach kids in school to say 2020. Uh, no. But that's the number written out and if you're talking about When math. you're talking about math, but when you're talking about years, it is 2019. Mm-hmm. 2019. We, we didn't say 1,999. Yeah, I <laughs> – I'm I'm a very very bad American too because I always think dates. Uh, you you bring up that um, the date is is not math. 
However, I always, every time I code, anytime that I write a document or, or version anything, I always write it year, month, day. Mm-hmm. So that it's, it's a sorts serial, better. It's a serial number. It yeah. sorts better. And I really wish that we would go to that because it's really annoying whenever I have all my folders and I put them in there and it's like one, two, three, four for the months, one, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10 and all of a sudden 10's back up at the top. I'm mm. like, damn, it's not in order. I'll have to reorder everything. Zero one, zero two, zero three. Yeah. Well, that, see that, that's how I, I name my documents and folders and stuff is, is year first, then the month, then the day. Yeah. Because if you do day, month, year, like the way we normally write it as Americans, month, day, year, whatever. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm not British. You're right. Month, day, year. Um, you're, when you do the next years, mm-hmm. it goes back up to the January stuff instead of you know going like in actual time order. Correct, uh, it, and uh, that drives me crazy. So uh, I started doing it year, month, day, so that it would. That's exactly why I do it, and and that also means that you probably want to move to the metric system. <laughs> I mean, it would be easier. It would. <laughs> I'm not opposed to it, but you know. Yeah, and. I'm still working off of this cough. I mean, it, it's, I'm one of those people that I have bronchial asthma that whenever I get sick for like a month later, I still am kicking up stuff. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be done coughing. At least my voice is back and all that. <laughs> yes. But we got, you no know, very white. No. And then, um, the other thing I wanted to bring up is, you know, we've talked about this before about I've been asked by multiple people we should record this and do like a video version of this. And I really just – I'm not that good looking. <laughs> so I, I, I think I've, – I've been thinking about this. There's a lot of pretty people in the industry that do all these, these podcasts and, and video things and vlogs and blogs and all that that – it's like, well, I'm not pretty. So but you do I, our ITC videos. I, I know. And, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm on a diet now for when we do those in February. <laughs> like I, I, I uh, right before Thanksgiving, I was like, you know what? This is the worst time to start a diet. I'm going to do it just so that I can be on a diet and like roll out of, you know, 2019 with, oh, I lost weight during the holidays. Yep. But yeah. Um, We'll see. We'll see how the videos. I've actually been thinking about that video series, and I've been thinking about I'm probably going to do something completely different on them. I, I you, your your eyes like bulged out of your head. You're like, oh, okay. Uh, he's going off script. What's going on? <laughs> what curveball are you going to throw at me this time? Well, I'm probably I will probably write the content. You'll probably have to you know make it less idiot, and uh, then then it will do. But my day job since 2011, <laughs> 2011, 2011. Ah, I don't disagree. All right, what do you got today? Okay, so I've actually had this for. Almost a month. And we've just had we just much have, better things to talk about. We've had about. other things to talk about. So we've not gotten to it. But Ivan's last month really revealed their 2019 agency insurer connectivity report. It must be nice to have all that data to clean insights Isn't from. it amazing what you can do with the data? Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about it because there were a couple of things in here that kind of stood out to me. Um. Real like the the number the first thing their first key finding is that eighty three percent of agencies that they surveyed so this wasn't just them looking at their data they actually talked to agencies and insurers 
found the availability of automated insurer connectivity to be very important when selecting insurers to do business with. Now, I got a question about that. Mm-hmm. You say 83%? 83%. What are the other 17% doing? <laughs> I guess that, Being idiots? I, I, I guess the connectivity portion is not critical to them when they are deciding what carriers that they want to be appointed with. Oh, so they're just chasing the commission. Yeah. Nice. All right. Got it. Okay. And 95% of insurers found that providing automated agency connectivity to be very important. So insurers are are more for the connectivity than agencies actually are. Now i got to go find these 5% of (laughs) insurance that I need to short their flipping stock. Because it's like, wait a minute. You don't only see that. Yeah. It's like the the five. This guy, the the person answer. It's probably you know still has a, a a Rolodex and doesn't even have a cell phone or anything. He's like, oh, this does not mean nothing to me. Yep. But oh my god, five percent of the respondents say no. I, I really wish they would say how many people responded. There there might be something in here about the methodology. Okay. I don't think I actually read that part. So mm. details. Yeah, details. Um. Interestingly, about this report, um, 85% of the carriers that they surveyed conduct 50% or more of their personal alliance business through the independent agent channel. So this is carriers that are in the independent channel, not just the directs or the yeah. – um, or you know, at least half their businesses. Yep. So I thought that was an interesting thing to point out that this was – what the audience of this was. Yeah. And it, again, it, it shows that there's a lot of opportunity still. I mean, really, it, it just proves the fact that agents are the lead channel and they drive business to the carriers, the carriers. Yeah. And they're the best drivers of the carriers. And I, I can tell you, I know that the travel industry has really taken a dive in terms of like having travel agents and all that. However, uh, travel agents are still invaluable to all of these resorts that are all over the place. If you're not, like I a sand- travel agent. if you're not like a sandals or something, and there's this really cool boutique um, resorts out there, the travel agents are the ones that know about that. Yeah. They're the ones that are driving that traffic. So they are a still valuable part. It just no longer, do you have to call a travel agent to get your flight or yeah. to get your thing? It, it's, it's transformed, but it's still the same. And, you know, independent agents, the industry is transformed. But it's still the same. Yeah. Well, we use a travel agent uh, to book our trip to Germany for next year. I didn't use her to book the flight because I was using my miles. Uh-huh. So I just I had to go directly to the airline for that. But uh, the rest of the trip, we completely booked through the travel agent. So, yeah. you know, well, there's, uh, there's still and, value and, there. And, and they bring a lot of value because also if you go with like a large group – they will they will arrange a van. They will schedule mm-hmm. all the trains. They're, they're, you're always going. Right. So in 2018, so last year's survey, 66% of agencies reported using a printed appetite guide to identify markets. Printed appetite guide. Okay. Uh, that has gone significantly down to 34% this year, which mm-hmm. I'm happy to see because that means they're using technology. Well, that that's also a self-serving stat because they have that appetite engine built into applied yes. and, and epic and they they have it in other other cases. That's a that's a no-brainer yeah, but, uh, of having that. It just I'm glad that's doing, but it's proof that I I am still on the fence about commercial rating. Well, so here's you know, the next stat. 88% believe that they agencies, they would write more business with insurers that they provided real-time appetite within their management system. 
Yeah, well, yes, because right now it's it's based upon Ivan's downloads, and they see which business is going where, and then also the carriers can influence Ivan's on uh, what business they like. So, yeah, it, having real time appetite is a good thing. I think some of the providers like Ask Kodiak is are doing that. Mm-hmm. They're they're getting a little bit more feedback now. I I know this this news is fresh because it just happened uh, just this week. Was the Indio? Yep. Uh, acquisition by apply and I, I know we don't have anything about it for you know to read from however that's them continuing down that path of trying to capture commercial and i, I it's very I, I i i have a problem with this i talk to a lot of agents and we speak to agents all the time we speak to agents in our sales funnel out in the road wherever it may be all of them are running away from personal lines yeah, they think it's a dead market, and it, it's it's crazy that personal lines is becoming the blue ocean because everybody's like, I'm going to go attack commercial. There is so much less opportunity in commercial, and also commercial doesn't give you as much upsell opportunity as you know personal does. You can get their cars, their auto, their health, their life, all of those things, and you can ask, Do you have a business? Can I earn your business? Business, right? You know. I, I, I was speaking to an agent, very influential agent, uh, this week, and they were like, "All of my colleagues are going to commercial, and they're trying to focus on their commercial book." And I'm like, "And they're like, I'm going to try to find a way to win their business on the personal lines." So I, I think that there's this transformation that hmm, personal all, lines is like your foot in the door. Exactly. But right. also for it's commercial, a, it's a foot in the door for everything. And it's about building the relationship. It's just, it's so much smaller dollars. And you know, the, the other thing that you look at again, because hopefully a lot of the people listening are agents or business owners is that remember you are a business owner. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you get that commercial policy where you write some, some big account or something like that. And they're 20% of your revenue. That that's one a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. That one account all of a sudden gets wooed uh, away. Wooed away. Uh, I, the term "woo" just gets me. <laughs> <laughs> Still thinking about it from that that past episode. But um, yeah, if it, if they get pulled away, it's it's done. So I, I don't like this stat. Did you already? Was it on this page here? Yeah. I like how you still kill trees. Well, it makes it easier sometimes for me to like to remember pass, what pass well to pass it over to you, but also to yeah. remember what part, portions of it because it's you know pretty significant length report yep. of what I, I want to talk about. Um, so this next sec- section can opposites attract to build lasting relationships? Can if you're Paula Abdul and an animated cat? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Such a non sequitur. I don't know what to do with that. Uh, customers want choice, but more than anything, they want the best products at the right price. Currently, the best way to deliver that for personal lines remains comparative raters. 53% of agents indicate they use comparative raters to quote more insurers per customer. 53%. Yeah, well. It, How is it not a basic <coughs> technology in an agency? Because anymore? what it is is that, remember, there's a lot of commercial there yeah but they're ta- this is personal lines okay they're talking specifically about personal lines well, in this section it, it it looks like it looks like our total addressable market just increased <laughs> <laughs> need a comparative rate <laughs> but 
when they when they asked these agents for their preferred method to quote a, a personal lines policy, seventy three percent said rating within their management system. Yeah, which is not, I think, too surprising. No, it's not. That what they're doing is it's they they want the insurance process with less steps, which is pretty right. Direct pretty data integration into their management yeah. system. Yeah, and you know, I, I really think that's that's something that has been done quite a bit, especially, uh, you know, some of the big guys, you mm. know, like the, the Vertfors and EasyLinks, they, they have their walled gardens where they have their, all their Raider management all in one, mm. which is a very attractive proposition. However, um, you know, there, there's a lot of agency management systems and a lot of agency management systems do not meet the needs of certain agents. So that's why there's more than one and like 40 of them. At last count. <laughs> and growing. <laughs> and growing. And there'll be three more by 2020. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, one just started. Right now. Oh, I saw I saw smoke signals. Uh, AMS. Um, yeah. But, you know, that that's one of the things that we really want to make sure is, is there is that really agents need to not focus on – having everything in one system, what they need to focus on is having the a right system, system. That, the right system that yeah. does each of the parts that you need. It, it's, it's like buying, um, you know, I, I, I can't even think of a, a very good corollary is, but well, you, think about it this way. Yeah. So please help. For- <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> Becky to the rescue. Um, cable TV, right. Forever. People had cable TV because that was the only way to get all the channels. You you paid one bill to get your cable, you, to get your internet, to get your phone. Well, with a, so many people cord cutting and going to streaming, now you're paying Netflix. Now you're paying Hulu. Now you're playing, paying HBO or Disney Plus or mm-hmm. whatever. You're paying four or five different vendors to get essentially most of the same content you paid one vendor for through cable. Correct. Because you're focused on what you actually want. You're focused on the content. Right. Then the broad array of the things that you don't watch. You paid how much? 150 bucks a month for cable TV to have 80 channels. How many of those 80 channels did you watch? Yeah. Maybe five? That's a perfect example. You're welcome. I I was going to bring up those little hybrid (laughs) half SUVs, half uh, pickup trucks that are worthless (laughs) in all regards. My analogy was better. Yes, it is. I, I always like to equate it to cars for some reason. So uh, I appreciate that. You have now helped me in my journey whenever I get stumped on that very topic. You're welcome to use that in your speeches as long as I get credit. (laughs) Um, Please pause the speech here as as I properly footnote this reference. um, So from the insurer perspective – 80% 80% of them believe they are not getting the most written premium out of their agents. But the reality is that insurers are not making the quoting process for both personal and commercial as seamless as it could be. Okay. I, having, I, to, I, having to visit multiple sites, using separate comparative raters, and being bogged down by requests for redundant data that is readily available to insurers is creating too much friction in the quoting process for agencies. Yeah. No, uh, that 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 makes sense. It was it was a little confusing how you first read it. I was I was over here dumbfounded, <laughs> and then you 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 clarified, and it makes more sense. Yes. That, I agree, it, it, and it's really uh, hard because even in the same carrier, you can quote one state, and then go to another state. And it's completely different back end, different mm-hmm. policy management system. A lot of the the 
the carriers out there are switching to singular like guide wires, like the the winner right now. It's mm-hmm. just like every carrier we go talk to, guide wire, guide wire, guide wire, guide wire. I'm like, wow, guide wires really killing, crushing on the sales, but they're going to run out of ops here soon. <laughs> so they they need to make sure they're making hay where it is. That's where I you know I look at that that stock and I'm like, oh. I know something about this stock. Like we talked about, I know something about this. Maybe I can short it, but I'd have to short it long term. So, yeah. Which I have no clue what to do. Not so, right. So they basically say insurers need to consider ways to provide integrated quoting and management systems that have the potential to leverage both real time and the portal to gain return on investment in your own technology. Yeah. Again, very self-serving response. Well, the next page talks about Ivan's rating services. Oh, I see. <laughs> Here, here's a survey. Here's an ad. Here's a survey. Here's an ad. I mean, I think that's the only reason JD Power is in business is mm. to create surveys for ads. Probably. Um, so now moving on to downloads, right? What Ivan's mm-hmm. is 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 known for. Really known for. Yes, downloads. Seventy um, percent of agents receive eDocs and messages downloads with 74% indicating interest in having each of their insurers offer this type of download. That's pretty much a flat growth. It has not changed yep. uh, from years to year. And insurers definitely see the benefits of this. But what's interesting is that the percentage of agencies using claims downloads, while it has remained consistent, it's about 50%, the demand has increased to 75%. Agents, 75% of the agencies demand claims downloads. But the investment from insurers into claims downloads is low. Again, because they want to own that portion of the product yeah. or, uh, or the, the journey. Uh, first of all, I, I'm finding a fundamental flaw with this is that this is a well, a very well-designed report. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's purdy, you know, it is purdy. There's, there's pictures and there's, there's graphs, graphs and, and yeah. you know, call outs and all these things. Mm-hmm. This data is flawed mm-hmm. because I know in a massive segment of the market, the majority of carriers don't even do Ivans. Can't afford it. Yeah. And don't want to afford it. They want all, an alternative because of the price. And and frankly, they, they don't even want to be distributing that data. They want that. And this goes back to previous conversations that you and I have had about that they need to have data, uh, make it pervasive, and make it available to their agents so that their agents can make good decisions. But also... These are creating assumptions that are, you know, what it did is uh, it might have been the way you read it, mm. but you you said X percent of the industry or X percent of the agencies, and it's not the agencies comma in the survey. Well, it, it yes, I, there's an assumption, but what happens is once they get past this first page or how you know how what the methodology is, or if they don't even play it, people start going, well, this is a corollary to the rest of the industry, and it's, it's not. It's not no. No, it's it's definitely just about the people who took the survey. Correct. Um, but it's still it's still an interesting perspective that that many of the people who answered the survey of the agents want claims download, and but that few of the insurers are actually saying they're willing to invest in it. Makes sense. It's a misconnect. Yeah. Great. So, and then you know what we there, this next section is talking about this misconduct and that agencies need to vote with, with their feet basically which we have said i know we have Does it really use that vote with your feet? vote with your feet i underlined it right there 
I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk in, and next time there's an election, <laughs> that's gross. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit there and sit on my butt and like on the ground and reach my and take my shoes and socks off and reach one leg up. That's and, gross. And do my little monkey toe and go boop, <laughs> boop. But what what it means is what we've talked about is that agencies as a collective have a lot of power to get insurers to make change. Yeah. I, I think they they can phrase this so much better, but that's absolutely right. Is that agents, well? They didn't ask me to proofread. A, agents are the king in the room. Yes, and they should always know that they are the ones that are driving the growth of the majority of these carriers. And why don't you vote with your pocketbook? Right. Where do you place your business? What have you done for me lately? Is what agencies should be asking carriers, mm-hmm. but also carriers have every right to ask. What are you doing? For. Yeah. And I think carriers do ask that of their agencies a lot. Yeah. Right. I, I was I, w- I was speaking to a uh, an industry expert, just won't name names because they're out there. But uh, I was speaking to an industry expert about one of the things we brought up on a previous episode of like, you know, agencies starting to demand that the carriers handle more and more of their service requests. And it's like – well, why don't you just sell the lead and be done with it? Why don't you do a you know there, there's a lot of agencies that actually don't care about long term retention. They they get thirty percent commission first year and zero ongoing. Just become that. If mm-hmm. that's what you think you are, then great. What are you doing after the fact to keep that policy? And uh, again, this is all goes into agencies are the king of the room and they need to vote not with their feet, <laughs> but with their where they're placing their business. Correct. Yes. Yeah, I agree. All right. What else? That, that was it. That's, That's the end it? Of it. Yeah. Oh, and, and if you want some technology to get started, they have some recommendations. All right. Well, <laughs> who's the target of this? I, I think this is more targeted towards carriers based upon what I'm hearing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, who else would you – Ivan's Downloads and Ivan's Exchange. Can I see the conclusions page? Sweet. All right. And, and while, while, I, while, I read, while I read this while doing a podcast episode, <laughs> so there's going to be I some dead air. <laughs> Read like you did the last one. Yeah, that, no, I will not read it. You know, people talk about that. It's like you got to go to the very end. It was actually it, it got funny at the end there. Uh, so the conclusion is: in the digital age, agencies and insurers need to embrace technology to expand digital distribution. Duh. Increase ease ease of doing business. No, and automate servicing. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. It's what. Thanks for your conclusions of what we've been talking about for the past 25 years in this industry. Yeah, I know. It's not groundbreaking, but I, I, I thought because this came from Ivan's, yeah, uh, yeah, it would be – And it's very purdy. Yeah, it is very purdy. Mm-hmm. I like a good purdy report. Yep. Uh, so I saw an article. I, I'll just bring it up since it's a shorter topic. I saw an article on a local – Local news, I think it was like Dallas News or WFA or something like that, about USAA. So it caught my eye. It's really, it's really odd because it's like Google it says, I have some recommended news for you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it goes, you're local. It mentions insurance. I need to provide this for you. Thank you, Google's AI. Mm. But um, it was talking about USAA. What did it say about USAA? Uh, USAA has a F rating with a Better Business Bureau. That's not good. No. And USAA effectively says we don't care. 
They're like, look at our all of our other surveys and doing that. They just don't, quote unquote, participate with the Better Business Bureau. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, is the Better Business Bureau, like as a marketer, is the Better Business Bureau have any cloud anymore? I don't think as much as it used to mm-hmm. because you've got all these other places. You have Google reviews and Facebook reviews and um, – you know, other other review websites that people will leave reviews on that I don't know that there are a ton of people, especially, you know, in the millennial group, since I am a millennial, who are looking at what the Better Business Bureau has to say. It, it does seem very dated. I just uh, – it, it's really weird. But then what happened was I, I was like, okay, I want to see this. And then I went and it was it – was I went to the, the, the chat. USA did not have a lot of complimentary comments out there, and people are switching about you switching away from USA. What, what were the comments focused on? The price uh, of the policies or claims? Or um, no, what it really was service and how changes as of recent because of the changes that they've had in their leadership have changed. And what was really unique is that everybody was saying they always used to cost more. They, they always cost more, mm. but they were worth it because of the level of service that we received. So like an Amica. Correct. However, that service has gone away and the price hasn't changed. <clears throat> changed. And then once it was that way, everybody was shopping again on price. So it's proof positive that what we talk about in the industry, not just on this show, not, not in conferences or anything like that, is still there. Customers demand service. However, price can trump service or service can prompt, trump price either as well. But it goes both ways, but it's a delicate balance, mm. and it's really cool to see in those comments the delicate balance. Yeah, Man, that, that's that's my little short topic. <laughs> I contributed. <laughs> Yay. Yay! There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's uh, all we got today. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you think, listeners, about the Ivan's report? Do you think there is as big a misconnect in the uh, downloads? that they indicate hit us up on twitter i am becky l schroeder laird is l rick's board you can tweet using the hashtag insurance happy hour and subscribe if you have not already in your favorite podcast app you have been tweeting more about it and i appreciate that <coughs> i like my thanksgiving one it was good yeah i didn't tw- i didn't you didn't share I- it thank you <laughs> Well, I had my own tweet. Um, I did the day before. I didn't do it on Thanksgiving. Yeah, but I did. I, I did the LinkedIn one. I was like, why are you looking at LinkedIn on Thanksgiving? <laughs> you must need something to entertain yeah, yourself. Yeah. Put some headphones on. Pour yourself a stiff one and listen up. Let's talk <laughs> Let's insurance. Let's do this. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a couple more episodes to round up this year. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Well, uh, it's been a good episode. And as always, thanks for listening.
emotions. It's a natural fact. Because <laughs> opposites attract. Oh, okay. I get it now. Now you got it. Now I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Just bust out the Paul Abdul. <clears throat> Scared me for a second. <laughs> I didn't understand that 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 uh, that video. Why were they running up and down the stairs the whole video? I don't know if I ever actually saw the video. Oh my god! But you know the song, right? Yeah, I know the song. <laughs> you were like, "What did you just bring up?" I didn't watch MTV as a kid, so I didn't. Because you you said opposites attract, and yeah. I was like, "Boom!" Right in. I know exactly. <laughs> well, they do if you're a cat and Paula Abdul. And you're like, "That's so odd." <laughs> you're a weird bird, Mister Rexford. <laughs> Well, you are.